0: Welcome to the Upstaging Gentlemen Podcast. What's up? Hey, I'm Michael with Play With Your Food Productions. I'm Nathan Prince with Legendary Productions. And we're here today to talk about chasing your theatrical dreams. So, one of the questions that we got asked and just made me very... Uh, had, had, a, had, had me feeling a bit nostalgic was the question is uh, how did we know that we wanted to be involved in theater? Or was there a a time early on that we were involved in theater that we knew that this was going to be what we wanted to do for the rest of our life?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about this topic today.
0: Yeah? Well, you got an answer right off the bat for that one? Well,
1: I do. It kind of goes back to when I was... I think I was eight years old. I was doing actually commercials, television, doing television production, mainly commercial work, but some sitcom stuff. And I remember... Is while I was doing gymnastics at the same time, um, I remember doing doing those projects, and it was so fun to get to play all these different roles. Have a director say, "Do this, try that. Can you be more happy, more sad, and could we try it again?" I, I love the energy of that, the passion of that. But the thing that, and this is probably says a lot about me as a person. Um, but the thing that I I didn't realize what I was missing was kind of the applause, the affirmation, being able to draw somebody in. Now, if I went to like a viewing or the red carpet kind of thing, not that I had a lot of those opportunities, but if I went to those, then I could see the audience responding. But I got, I got the chance to be in a production when I was eight years old. My dad and my uncle, my brother and I, they, they were, my dad and my uncle were in this production and we got asked by a director to join this cast and play the younger versions of the two leads. And... I was like, yeah, I've done theater, and I used to travel around to churches and do certain roles at churches. So I'd done stage production quite a bit. Our church, at my school, we did theater. And I really always loved being in front of a live audience. I really enjoyed that part of it. But this place where we did the theater, there was a thousand people in this, in this venue. And I just, the feeling of being on stage, and I talked about this before, being on stage performing with my family was so awesome but the applause or hearing them sigh at the sad parts and the, and the happy parts, I really loved that part of it. But from there, I guess from, from the age of eight, I would say is when that started, but it kept growing. How does this work? Well, how does this person affect the overall production aspect of it? What is their job? And I started thinking as I got older, up until I was like probably 14, I started thinking, well, I want to do this job so I could say I, I I did that, even if I wasn't that good at it or I found out, you, hey, Nathan, you're pretty good at that or not. Um, I really wanted to experience kind of all jobs and aspects of theater and television and film. I really wanted to be able to do kind of all the jobs so I could at least say I've experienced it so I could appreciate what people are doing or contributing to the overall production. Um, and then I remember when I was 14, I was sitting in a room with, um, Tim Mahoney, my other business partner Dustin, a friend of ours Randy, we were sitting in this room at intermission and I believe Dustin asked what do you guys want to do when you are older? We went around the room and one said he wanted to be build, design buildings, architect um, he's doing that now um, Dustin, I believe he talked about, he just wants to be creative be a part of creative teams choreograph, he had quite a bit and I don't want to speak for him but we went around the room and I remember saying to that group I wanted to own my own theater, and I don't know why that was, besides the fact that I love the feeling of camaraderie coming to create to make something bigger than just myself. And I think that's probably when I, I knew I really wanted to own my own theater or be a part of a theater company that would one day
0: become mine. I was probably 14. You, so you're 14, you already knew you wanted to have a theater company. Yeah. That's, that's, pretty, that's, that's pretty cool. You were in a commercial when you were 8? Yes.
1: What were, what were you to commercial for? It was actually a Japanese commercial called happy I think it was their version of Cheerios. But it, <laughs> Wait, whoa,
0: they didn't sponsor us. Oh, Dude. I don't even
1: know if happy exists. I bet they don't. <laughs> they probably don't. <laughs> but I will say, that was my, like, one of my, like, the first check I ever got. I think it was You like mentioned happy
0: and Cheerios. That's the other C word. Oh, so we need to call them and see if they'll sponsor us now. There's two C words that we use, COVID and Cheerios, Cheerios. and we shouldn't have used either.
1: Well, sorry.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: it was. It, sorry. I think
0: that contract, I don't know Happios. if this is true, but I got
1: like $10,000 for it. And it was like, as a kid, you're like, what? And then for years, I got like residual checks. Like for years, I got that. So that was my first kind of professional television. Wait, wait a minute. Happios gave you $10,000? I don't know if it was Happios or well, if it was a casting company. I what, don't
0: know. what did What did you do... If this Happy-O's commercial to worth $10,000. Literally,
1: I walked on. We came in. There was a couple of my little kid friends. We came into this uh, kitchen, and I sat down, poured a box of this. I believe it was Cheerios, but their version. Maybe it wasn't Happy-O's, but I thought it was. But you pour the cereal, and I took a bite, and I literally go, Happy-O's, the way I want to start off my day. That was literally the commercial. And then all of a sudden, it's like cuts away, and they had my friends pouring their cereal in a bowl as well. It was the weirdest thing in the world but that was my first professional television thing and yeah that's something i'm happy yeah happy and that could be wrong i don't know if it's the wrong product placement but that's what i remember it being that was also
0: not many many years ago (laughs) many years ago uh you want to hear a funny story yeah so uh i i was an extra on baywatch you know one time and just just one of the people out there on the beach and it was season one of Baywatch and it, you know it, we'd all just watched David Hasselhoff on Knight Rider and I was so excited to you know be able to go and be an extra on Baywatch and maybe I was gonna see David Hasselhoff yeah. and I had my little I had this little autograph book and I was hoping he would sign it and I saw him and he was heading over to his trailer and I ran up next to him and and um, <laughs> and I hold out my autograph book to him and like what could I have your autograph? And I'm just this, man, little little kid, but he looks at me, he that guy is so cool. David Hasselhoff, man. He's, yeah. He is so so cool. And he looked at me, he was like, "Sure, buddy." And he takes my autograph book, he goes to sign it and my pen is dead. And and I'm like I'm I'm crushed. I'm like, this is, "Oh no, what am I going to do?" And and he goes, "Hey, come on in here and he opens up his trailer and he invites you know me and my mom inside and he pulls out a pen and he's like "Here you go and signs my autograph book and then he goes hey take one of these and he pulled out an autograph picture and he's like oh go right to michael he signs signs on i still have it what S- signs how yeah. do i not know that um i i've i've got it what it's, yeah it's right there. And he's 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 like David Atlev. He's he's like not wearing a shirt. He's like David Hasselhoff. And um, people that come over, they they like see it. They're like, "Is that your wife?" So I'm like, "No, man. That's mine. It's David Hasselhoff, man." And, I'm not sure. if Part and, of that story's funnier. And it's it's signed on the back. But then it wasn't enough. I was like, I looked at him, and I don't know what came over me, but I'm like could I have another one for like my, my my friend Billy? And he's like, Billy! Takes one, signs another autographed picture, gives it to me, and I'm like, and, and, and my friend Matt? For Matt! And I'm just going down the line, and he just keeps it up. He doesn't stop. As many as my friends as I asked for, he just kept signing it. And then, and then when he was done, he was like, anybody else? And I'm like, mm, I think that's it. And then he just gives me another stack of them. Well, if you think anybody, here's some more. And like I'd left like the happiest kid. Did you give it to your friends ever? I did. Oh, okay. I passed out of school the next day. I was like, here you go. This is from David Hasselhoff. You were the coolest guy From for David a long Hasselhoff. Time. <laughs> and uh, oh. I was so, that guy is so cool. Like, I don't care what anybody ever says about him. Like, no, he was, he's by default, just the best Jekyll and Hyde that has ever been there. He's awesome. And love that guy. He, he, he will do no wrong in my eyes just cause he was so nice to me that day. Um, but that episode of Baywatch, it was on. Uh, I can't remember. It was on Amazon Prime or Netflix or something. Oh, dang it! Product placement, product placement. Yell, yell at yourself. You always yell at me. Okay, whatever, Mister Happy. O- Shoot! I did it again. All right. But well, it came on a streaming service, and I was watching it, and I pointed myself out to my daughters on the beach, and um, and I was waiting for this day where I could like show them like, hey, hey, look who's on TV over there, and they looked at me. And, and on the TV, and they started making fun of my clothes. And then they turned around and walked away. like. Wow, all that build-up to get made fun of. I was waiting for years to this. They're like, Grandma let you walk out of the house like that? Where, why do you got an orange bathing suit? It was popular at the time. It's just, you look dumb. Man, that stinks. It's ridiculous. Well, that's sad. And that, <laughs> yeah, it is. But you know what? I still got my autographed picture of David Hasselhoff. So, more of the um, story,
1: David Asselhoff is amazing. Yes. Yeah. So, and, when, when when did you know about theater? When did you know? When did I know about theater? That you thought that was going to be your passion or dream or? Um,
0: So, I I, I can remember this, and, and I didn't make sense of it at the time, but, uh, you know, here's another story. I, I saw Fergie in concert, you know? Fergie Fergalicious, right there yeah. in concert, but i didn't see, oh my gosh i, I didn 't see her when she was older. I saw her when she was Stacy Ferguson on Kids Incorporated. Oh. Do you remember that show at all no <laughs> it's
1: a little before my time
0: all right well, it was cool. It was like these bunch of kids, and they were in a band, and it was awesome and they they were performing uh, a live concert at um Hotsbury <coughs> Farm Um sorry Uh don't want to do product placement but this place uh, so I went out and saw them there and I couldn't believe it like my dad took me out there and we saw Kids Incorporated live in concert and I didn't even know like you know Stacey Ferguson was just she was young right there nobody had any idea that she was gonna then grow up into this huge talent right but um, on the way home I remember like just being in the back seat of the car and I was just, had my head laid down and I, I was feeling like a little bit of depression right there and, and I can't make sense of it. I can still remember that car ride home though even though it was, you know, so many years ago and I was, I was sad and, and I couldn't shake it. Like, why am I sad? I literally just saw Kids Incorporated in concert and I've, I think, you know, if, if I had to make <clears> sense of that now, I was sad because I wanted to be up on the stage with them. And, and I wasn't and I thought that they were so cool and like why did this group of kids get to perform and I didn't get to perform and I mean they were pretty amazing you know, they were playing these instruments yeah. and rocking out and they were, they were really good I mean you know for my I don't know how old I was maybe eight nine years old but I was like wow they are so cool um, and I wanted to do that I couldn't play an instrument. I couldn't play the guitar or the piano. Or I mean, they were literally up there just rocking out. Um, but I think that that shaped me a lot because, you know, th- throughout the years, I- then I did start taking guitar lessons and voice lessons and piano lessons. And that might have been, like, you know, one of those moments right there that was just hit something and be like, you need to do this. That's, that's what you want to do.
1: Mm.
0: And... Um, yeah, so it's just some inspiring times like that. And then I remember going to another um, college show when I was in high school. It my first musical that I ever saw, it was Oklahoma. And hmm. I just remember walking into the college theater, and I, ne- I never saw a, a live college show before. That was my first one. But I was blown away just by the pre-show setting. And there was this blue scrim. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it. I'm like, what is that? It looks like a big movie screen, but it's not. And it had just these blue lights shot up and some clouds on it. And I'm like, that's, wow. And, um, and then the orchestra came in and the orchestra started to play. It was my first time like, you know, seeing the live orchestra. I hadn't gone out to you know, a lot of live shows before. And, and then the, the guy playing Curly walks on the stage and he starts to sing and I'm I'm sitting there, I'm like, how did he know exactly when to start singing? The yeah. orchestra was playing for like five minutes and he knows the exact spot to come in. And I know like, you know, anybody involved in theater, they're probably rolling their eyes like, Oh brother. No, but you but, start somewhere. Well that was that was well, my first, first that heart. was my first experience. But I was so like, How on earth is this happening right in front of my eyes? Like this is crazy. And you know, years later we were doing a play with your food show and there was a an older guy in the crowd and I, and and he'd never seen a show before, and I heard him make the make the comment like just as we're doing something we're doing a set change and he saw like you know some of the actors come out grab a set piece, move it and, and it was all like choreographed, and it wasn't even part of the show you know it was the set change, and I heard him from the from the audience go, "This is awesome <laughs> just because we all came out and knew how to move the set and it right. was like uh but i I just remember like that show was so cool, but there was just this big desire. like I mean, like, I want to do this. Wow. I really, really want to be a part of this, and I was sad not to. It wasn't just that I I was, I, I wanted to do it. I literally was feeling sad
1: not doing it. Well, and I, and I could tag into that. I even felt the same doing production. When I was doing television and film, I still love that, and I have a passion for that type of art as well. But when I was doing other jobs or other things I was doing, I always felt like I was missing something. And then I just missed that form of art doing live theater. I really missed it. So basically, it's really what drew that passion was when I was basically going, as I kept doing more theater, I wanted to be around that team atmosphere. I like being a part of productions, seeing people come together and create. Throwing out an idea and seeing it develop and become bigger, and the end product was always bigger than I imagined, and I just wanted
0: to be a part of that. You know what's funny is we're you know we both talking about the, these much younger versions of ourselves, and we probably had no idea at the time that we were setting ourselves up for a life of you know of of uh, an industry that really can be full of hurt and heartache mm-hmm. and rejection. And depression i mean there's a, we talk about you know on here just a lot of the uh the, the good times and mm-hmm. how to get to the good times, how to push through perseverance and everything, but the fact is, man, you really do have to go through a lot of those really hard times when you you know on your way to persevering and enduring and yep. and and everything, and I you know, think back to all those times. And I even think back to you know like one of the first times that I was I was gonna have a recital and for uh because I was I'd been taking voice lessons and I I got this really good voice teacher and her name was Jane and man she she just passed a few passed away a few years ago but she she was so good and uh, I just remember walking in there I walked into her voice studio just feeling like the sad little you know, I was I think I was must have been a junior or senior in high school. But I wanted to sing, and like I, I couldn't, and I, I knew that, you know, she had, she had the key, like she could teach me this, and I went in there, and I was like, can, can you teach me? And I didn't have a lot of confidence, man. She worked with me and worked with me, and she was, she was this diehard opera teacher, and before she would teach me anything, you know, I remember she's like. We had to work on my posture. Stand up straight. Make your eyes sparkle. Do this. Do that. I hadn't even opened my mouth and just say like all the, you know. But, but you know, she she showed me a, a lot of, a lot of stuff here that I I had no idea singing was really about, and taught me to sing. And then we were having my first recital, and I invited all these people to to come to the recital, and we we had like a whole row reserved. There was not one of them that showed up. Oh. It was not one, including, <laughs> inclu- including my family. <laughs> my, my family canceled out. And I was so embarrassed. I show up at this thing, and she's like, where are all the people that we reserve seats for? And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm just like praying, please let somebody walk through the door. Nobody did. And it's like, you, you set yourself up for some heartache like that. Right. And yet we still did it. We still do it. And we still love it, and we wouldn't change it.
1: Well, looking back at all those, I'll say heartaches, or <clears throat> even all the jobs, or um, yeah, all the jobs that I've had over the years, it's so weird because, in some way, form or fashion, any of the skills that I've ab- obtained or acquired, even ones I wasn't really a master of, I just had semi knowledge in, has been very pivotal into this journey of, c- of building a theater. The partnership with Steve. And even just our talks, Mike, about when we're being creative, it's pulling from all of our experience. I did a little bit of electrical in the film and television industry. I did stunts. I've done effects. I've done rigging. I've done electrical. I've done, I think I said that. I've done all kinds of jobs. And then starting this theater, every job, management skills, when you're when you're in a production team and you have a crew working for you, you have a budget. You have a team you have to manage to obtain to a certain goal or an end product or Or, and, yeah, and product. All of those jobs have been so important in this process of building and starting a theater. And I think taking true value in those heartaches or even the journey we're on, it's okay sometimes because our plan to be this straight line isn't always the case. Um, It's basically um, all those things coming together to create, but then you... The electrical. I knew just enough to be able to do enough electrical to help build. So I didn't have to necessarily buy or pay a contractor or an electrician to come in. Yes, we had to for getting signed off on our permits and stuff. But I think it's important to realize the journey we're on sometimes. It's okay if we go different directions and it takes us back because
0: I think it's key to know that it's going to help you in the long run. It's It's one of those things where it never seems... Like very pleasurable at the time, like right. you're like oh this is absolutely miserable, but yeah, like you said, what you don't realize is that years down the line you're, you're going to see that that's brought some invaluable experience there. So I think that would be a key takeaway to anybody listening. You know, when when you're looking at, you know, oh man, I've been through this and this this was really rough and this was really rough. Look for those ways that it might have prepared you to be able to take the next step. I mean, you never know when, especially in the theater world when you're going to need to pull some obscure talent out of nowhere and be able to put it to use. You have no idea a hard time that you may have gone through some weird learning experience. that seemed like a disaster 20 years back tomorrow may come into play. You, you just never know with that stuff. Yep. Um, so was there ever a piece of advice that was given to you that was just really, really helpful that some, some mentor along the way, uh, in, in, building all of this and and building your legendary productions, anything that stands out, something that you really learned? Something
1: I learned and that my dad instilled in my whole family was two things mainly, but two things was always do your best. Always do your best no matter what. Yes, it's a good excuse sometimes to go, "Ah, I didn't really try, and I talked about that before, but always doing your best putting your best foot forward, and if it's if it's a matter of with a, with a set to be a star drop or do we paint stars or we put little LEDs on every panel, well, what's your best? Don't settle for less than that. Because you need to raise your bar, as I mentioned before. You set your bar as your best, and then you go beyond that, and then that becomes your best. And the next time you go beyond that, and that becomes your best. And I think that's contagious. I think that helps inspire people, to do the same thing and the other thing is i'm a very i believe i'm a very loyal person yes i come up short sometimes on that but i think loyalty is huge people are loyal to you you're loyal to them and i think loyalty is a big thing when it comes to just trusting people being able to surround yourself with
0: teams that are loyal to you and you're loyal to them when you talk about theater and and loyalty and trust i mean this is, this is something that's built on trust. Mm-hmm. You have to, you literally have to trust everybody. for The, the people next to you on the stage to the, the tech people. I mean, every, this is, yeah, it's a theater built on success. Oh, I just got the five. Thank you. Five. Thank you. Five. How did I do Did I pull that off. Yeah, you're doing thank really you good. I'm really five. proud of you. I hate that so much.
1: You should bring it to your theater and try it. No. <laughs> okay.
0: I'm putting up a sign that says no. Thank you. Fives allowed. Um, so, here's here's one that was for me. Yeah, what was that, yours? Um I I remember I was having a really rough time and I can't even remember what all was going on, but I remember the advice, but I just remember, you know, this was going wrong, this was going wrong. Everything just seemed to be falling apart and uh some guy that I know, uh like an older fellow walked up to me and he says, "Hey Michael, how are you doing?" And this was probably the type of a uh, "How you doing?" that he just wanted to hear. Oh, good. How are you? Good. Thanks. And then you know, Move conversation's yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But instead, uh, <laughs> oh, he asked at the long, wrong time, and I, I told him. <laughs> and I was just going on and on and on. He probably wished he never asked me. <laughs> he just, he was stuck in the middle of that conversation. But at the end, uh, you know, I told him what a rough time I was having. He looks at me, and he and he just goes, uh, "Well, who can stop the wind?" And then hmm. he and then he turns around and walks away. Like, that was his big escape. He, he threw that obscure Mr. Miyagi-type comment out to confuse me, and then he made his escape while I was thinking about it. And I'm like, that is the least helpful thing anyone's ever said to me. But, you know, in the time that passed, I really thought about it, and I watched the wind blow. And it's not like, you know, you can necessarily see the wind, but you can sure see the effect of the wind. Right? Like, you can you can see... The wind blowing through the trees and the wind blowing paper cups around and stuff like that. And I started looking at it, and nobody can stop the wind. Right. Like, you put up a wall, the wind will blow over the wall. It'll blow around the wall. If there's space under it, it'll blow under the wall. It it still hits the wall. If it's strong enough, it'll knock that wall down. But you are not going to stop the wind. And that's what I think he was telling me. Like, be that wind. And, yes, maybe somebody will put up a roadblock. That doesn't matter. Go around it. If ooh, you can't go through it the traditional way, go above it, go under it, knock it down, whatever, but don't let a situation or don't let people or anything else stop you. I mean, there'll be people that sit there and be like, oh, you think you're going to start a theater company, huh? What do you know? Do it. Yep. Don't listen to that. Do it. And your actions will shut them up. Uh, just go on. And, and like you said, do your best at it. If you're doing your best at it and you are determined, those are the two things. If you are determined and you are doing your best, it is most likely that you will be successful. Well, and that's our our motto, legendary, or even my own personal
1: life motto, change, effect, move. Be the change, be the effect, be the move that you want to see, that you want it to be the outcome. That's truly, that is my life motto because I believe in that. You be the change, you be the effect, you be the move,
0: and I think... We could take responsibility for for that and do that. I think I'll ever perform on stage with Stacey Ferguson. There's a chance. There's a chance. Do you want to? Um, no. Oh, <laughs> I think like, if you do, then
1: do it, chase it. There's social media. You could probably reach out and talk to her assistant,
0: assistant to the assistant, assistant, I mean, not that I wouldn't. I mean, I would. Uh, yeah, I mean, wouldn't, awesome. wouldn't want to. That would be cool. But I, I would say that's never been a dream. But Kids Incorporated, if I could go back in time, I would perform on stage with Kids Incorporated. That I believe would be you. Awesome. I believe you would. They were awesome. All right, so I guess we got to wrap it up here. So thank you for joining us on this episode of the Upstaging Gentleman.
1: All right, well, thank you guys. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye bye.